Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 20. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out into the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did this all so that you would not ever say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you'll certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you will also be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord for God. How often do you sit in the Thanksgiving chair? So many years ago, I saw this super cheesy Thanksgiving video that popped up on my recommended videos page on YouTube. And it was about giving thanks. And even as I was watching it and I was like, oh man, this video is so lame and so cheesy. But every Thanksgiving, I can't stop thinking about it. It like reverse psychologized me into actually thinking about it by how bad it was every single year. And the premise of the video is simply this. How often do you sit in the Thanksgiving chair? And that question doesn't even make much sense. Like what is a Thanksgiving chair? But this is how the video begins. It begins with the video of a person going throughout his day. Waking up in the morning, making coffee, dropping his kids off at school. And in each scene, 
there is an empty chair, a Thanksgiving chair that is hanging out in the sea. And you see him pausing and taking a moment in each and every one of those daily tasks to sit in the Thanksgiving chair to give thanks just like this. And in the emotional turn of the video, you see our heroine having a tough day at work. And the Thanksgiving chair is hanging off to the side, waiting to be sat on to give thanks. The cinematography of the video isn't compelling and the music isn't interesting at all. But for some reason, the image of the Thanksgiving chair resurfaces and lives rent-free in my brain year after year. And I ask myself this question, that honestly makes no sense outside of this context of this video every single year. How often do I sit in the Thanksgiving chair? How often do I spend my day giving gratitude to God, to others, being thankful to God, the one who has given me life, who has provided for my every need, who has carried me through the most difficult moments in my life and has walked with me through every thought that I've had. And so, in an attempt to share the burden of carrying this image of the Thanksgiving chair every year, my question to you this Gratitude Sunday is this. How often do you find yourself sitting in the Thanksgiving chair? How often throughout your days, weeks, months, and years, do you find yourself sitting on a chair and being thankful and intentionally giving thanks? For those of you who have been joining us the past few weeks, you know that we've been going through the life of Moses. And in the passage that our wonderful friends just read to us today, we see Moses giving the Israelites a little pep talk before they're about to enter the land that God had promised his people, a land flowing with milk and honey. And for him, one of the most important things that the Israelites could do before they enter the promised land is to remember to give thanks to God. In verse two of our passage, it says this, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. The Israelites were not doing a great job of sitting in that Thanksgiving chair. Although God had provided for them water, food, and shelter as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, the Israelites were struggling to remember God regularly. In verse 18, Moses says again, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Moses wants the Israelites to remember and give thanks to God regularly since he is the provider of their ability to produce wealth. He's saying that everything flows from God, so remember him and be thankful to him. But have you ever thought about why God wants us to remember him and to thank him regularly? Because for me as a kid growing up, when I used to think about this question every Thanksgiving, in my mind I was like, that, that sounds kind of selfish to me. But also, I get it why he wants us to thank him. Because we all understand how hurtful it is when we do something for someone and they don't say thank you. There was a time a few years ago when I first worked as a youth pastor at a church. I took out a bunch of our students to eat, uh, about 10 to 12 high school seniors to eat lunch at this really great pub place. And I was a financially struggling student with a low paying job. But when the check came, I signaled to the waiter to give me the check. And I thought I had just pulled off this really cool move, paying for everyone's meal. And I thought everyone was gonna be like, oh my goodness, John, thank you so much. You're the best pastor ever. 
And I look up after I sign the receipt and everyone's still talking to each other. Not one person even looked my way and said thank you for the meal. And that hurt me emotionally and financially. <laughs> and so that's how I have imagined God to be when we don't remember to give thanks to him. But in today's passage, we see actually that giving thanks to God isn't so much about him receiving recognition. It is what God is doing in us when we remember to give thanks. And I think there are two things that God is doing in us when we remember to give thanks to him regularly. The first is that it teaches us when we give thanks. It teaches us humility. Verse 11 through 14 says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and uh, flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Moses here says that when you don't give thanks and forget about what God has done in your life, you're going to think that you accomplished everything on your own. And you're going to think that everything in your life is from your own power and from your own doing. And we probably know people like that in our lives, or we probably think that like, like that a lot of times. It's like that person in the group project in school who does none of the work, but as soon as you get an A in the project, an A in the project, the person acts like they were an integral part of the group. And so sitting in the Thanksgiving chair regularly protects us against pride. It protects us from ourselves. It teaches us to think more about others, to think more about, to, uh, about God, and allows ourselves to give credit to others. And that's what thanksgiving does, right? When you thank someone, it lifts someone else up as you acknowledge that this would not have happened without you. And that's why to this day, I'm still waiting for those high school seniors to thank me for buying them that meal. And the second thing that uh, regularly sitting the thanksgiving chair does for us is that uh, it's related to what we just talked about, but get regularly giving thanks to God is good for us. I'll explain what that means in a second. Psalm chapter 92, verse one, uh, one through three says this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. Giving thanks to God actually benefits us. God says it is good for you. And actually, this is proven clinically through studies. There are studies that, uh, that show this. People who are grateful feel less pain, less stress, suffer insomnia less, have stronger immune systems, experience healthier relationships, and do better academically and professionally. Grateful people, this study says, are indeed less likely to have mental health problems. And I'm not just talking about being optimistic, because I'm not. <laughs> I consider myself to be a realist, which is what pessimists call themselves just to make themselves feel better. But it's not just trying to see the good in life in every situation, but it is about trying to see the pockets where we can be grateful in the midst of difficult situations. In that Thanksgiving chair video that I talked about, right near the end, the climax of the video is the person going to a cemetery to visit what is presumably a loved one that they've lost with some flowers in hand. And even there, the chair awaits. 
waiting to be sat on. And again, the point isn't to be grateful about the loss of a loved one. No, 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 that's not what it's about. No, those moments are tragic and are filled with grief. But sitting on a chair of thanksgiving in those difficult moments of life when it's hard to give thanks is about being grateful for the beauty of a person's life and the joy of the moment spent with someone and to find pockets in our lives that were amazing and beautiful in the midst of difficult circumstances and situations. Because although it may be hard to be thankful at all times, God knows that it is good for us to remember the ways that God has been good to us. And so today, in our Gratitude Sunday, we're going to spend some time trying to practice gratitude. Because again, it allows us to be humble and also is good for us. And so for that, we will have two people from our online campus helping lead us in a time of reflection. Hey, Grace Chapel Onlineers, I have a question for you. What is God reminding you today and me to be grateful for, to be thankful for? Remembering is something that takes intentionality. So let's take a moment just to reflect on the question and let's wait before the Lord together in his presence. What am I grateful for today? Something that God has been reminding me to be thankful for today is um, we're all confronted with many things, but every day I'm just reminded that I'm living in a nation as a guest, a missionary, but I'm also surrounded with less than 5% people that are believers of Christ. And so what makes me really grateful is number one, God's entrusted me to come here and do something about that, even if I only reach one. But the other thing is I wake up and I often think, God, there's so many people that don't know you yet, but why did you ever send Jesus for me when I was living in the darkest place, the seediest place of my life? Why me? Why did you choose me? Why did you include me in your plan? God, you blow my mind that you loved me and you sent Jesus for me. That just is enough to get me through some challenging fires and tests. So I'm really grateful for that today. Let's take a moment now to reflect on another question. When difficult challenges come along in my life, it's hard for me at those moments to be thankful. Although it may be hard to be thankful at times, let's remember the ways God has been good to us because he knows that it's good for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
We give you thanks for life and for all the experiences that life brings us. We give you thanks for joy and hope and peace and answered prayer. But we also give you thanks in our trials and sorrows and pain. We give you thanks for our land and for the beauty of the landscape, for the riches it provides for our living, for the people and cultures among us. Above all things, we give you thanks for our hope in Christ, the life and freedom that will ultimately be ours. Teach us to cherish all your gifts. Teach us also to use these resources for the good of society and for glory to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.